everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Retired Hood Rat Podcast. I'm your host, comedian T. Barb. Today, we have an amazing, amazing, amazing show for you. We're going to be talking narcissism. This is part two to our narcissism series. We're going to talk a little bit of domestic violence, a little bit of narcissism, and just get into it. If this is your first time listening. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Retire Hood Rat Podcast. Don't forget, every Monday at 9 a.m., we are live on YouTube. So subscribe, like, and share with your friends. And every Thursday, we're on all platforms. So go like us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or anywhere you can hear podcasts, Retire Hood Rat Podcast. Today, our guest are some ladies who are well-versed in narcissism. We're going to give it up for our first guest. It's my girl, comedian, Breezy Gonzalez. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, you are welcome. Thank you for joining the show. You're going to share your story um, about narcissism with us today. So thank you so much. And we also have friend of the show, comedian Shelly T in the building. What up, though? What up, though? Thanks for having me. Yes, yes. So we appreciate <laughs> you. Uh, we got some air horns for you. And then we also have life coach Lisa Hunt, also known as Lisa Lisa in the building. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you, ladies, so much for joining us um, this morning. Um, we start the show with our retired hood rat word of the day, which is my opportunity to give some inspiration, be the Ayala of the Gito, <laughs> and then we do our hood rat prayer. Remember, the prayer is not about any deity. It's just about um, giving positive energy to the universe or manifestation, which we feel will come back to you. Okay, and today's word, okay, this is coming out of Auntie Playbook 101. It is okay to grow and let go. Okay, do you hear me? It is okay to grow and let go. It is okay to transform to something else and to understand that the things that you used to serve you don't serve you anymore. And there are people that will try to bind you to your past, bind you to what you used to do, bind you to who you used to be, but you're not that person anymore. You've grown, you put in the work and don't ever let anybody um, downplay the work that you put in to be a better person. And what I mean is, so what if 10 years ago, and we have that a lot with the cancel culture nowadays, you know, where a person did this, and so we just want to hold them to that standard. No, it's okay for me to grow. Yeah, I was a hood rat. Yeah, I grew up. My parents met fresh out of prison. We didn't have much. But now I have my own house. I'm this person now. So this is the person that I am, and I'm going to walk into that every day. I'm on, And I'm not going to continue to be uncomfortable to make other people comfortable because my growth has exceeded where they are. Sometimes you have to let those people go. And it could be a very hard thing. I'm not saying that it's easy. Transition is difficult. But if you're dedicated to that and that's who you've decided to be, sometimes you have to let people go. And it's going to seem like you're the bad person. At first, it really is because it's going to be like, oh, my God, I'm turning my back on this person or um, I'm not there for them the way I used to be. But it is okay 
to let go for your own growth. Because let me tell you something. Put yourself first. I'm not saying to shun other people. I'm not. I'm a very giving person. But I'm learning day by day that everybody else going to put themselves first. And that's where this talk on narcissism goes so deep. Because it's not that we just started saying narcissism and all of a sudden everybody is a narcissist. What it is, is our society is developing a personality disorder overall where we're more concerned about ourselves than the greater good. So all, although I'm always going to be concerned with the greater good just because I'm a good person and I understand that something my parents didn't understand, which is that I have to leave a legacy for my son and then my grandkids, and it's going to be great grandkids I might not never see. But how can I impact the world to make it better for them? Also, how do I keep my name alive? You think about somebody like Tupac, me and Shelly T was just talking about this. Tupac died at 25. You'll remember his legacy forever. So only thing you really have is your legacy and what you leave to the future because you're only here for a second compared to the the length of the world but while you're here love on you be okay with loving on you and understand which each level is a new devil and as you grow you might have to let go i'm talking about the church of joy road (laughs) that's our retired hood rap word of the day don't forget to tune in to the retired hood rap podcast go subscribe to my YouTube channel. Shout out to everybody watching on YouTube. Leave your comments. If you're feeling the retired hood red word of the day, leave your comments. Subscribe. Like. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, like it. Subscribe. Tell a friend. Listen on everything. Damn. <laughs> Just listen. Because I'm giving out a message. Okay. And of course, it's time for our retired hood red word of the day. I mean, our prayer. Because I talk so fast. That's that ADD. <laughs> Crack kids got to have some side effects. Okay. And ADD, I'm sure is one. <laughs> so um, our retired hood rat prayer, remember, is not about Jehovah or whatever deity you pray to. It's just about putting that manifestation out into the world. You can bow your heads, close your eyes. But if you're driving, <laughs> don't do that. Do not do that. Okay. All right. Dear God, we are so thankful and we understand that gratitude makes way for many blessings. God, I just ask that you touch somebody's heart today and allow them to know that they are worthy. Allow them to know that they are enough, that they may not need that negativity in their life to thrive. They don't need those friendships. They don't need those relationships which hold them down, which bind them. It's okay to be alone for the greater good of yourself, for your own sanity. God, we just ask that you align people with people that make them better, not make them worse, God. In your name we pray. Amen. I need my explosion. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, We are talking narcissism. We have our guest in the building, Breezy Gonzalez. Hey there. Super grateful to be here and speak on this subject because I do feel like an expert at this point. (laughs) We got our expert. And Shelly T, who was a part of our Narcissism Part 1 episode. What up, though? How y'all doing? And she started off sharing her story, um, and we're going to finish hearing that. And, of yes. course, life coach Lisa, Lisa, Lisa Hunt in the building. Hey, everybody. Okay, okay. So, what you say, Lisa? I said, I'm so glad to be here. You you just said a whole word with that introductory. 
Thank you. We trying to give the word. You did a whole sermon. You did a whole sermon. I love that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I'm glad that we have you here to give a perspective. But um, let's do this. Breezy, can you tell our audience a little background on you and what makes you an expert? You say you're an sure. expert on narcissism. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> well, I um, grew up in Bloomfield Hills and I had... Um, I have a mother and a father and a brother, and my dad was unfortunately very physically abusive to my whole family and really utilized all of the different tactics of a narcissist to keep us isolated from each other, to abuse us and, you know, do the things that he wanted to do and get away with it. Um, and my mom's also a narcissist too. So mm. she needed, he needed to have another narcissist as a wife in order to continue the isolation and the pitting against each other and things like that. So when you say the, um, you said the pitting against each other and can you maybe give us an example? Do you mean like sibling against sibling? Yeah. Because this is an interesting perspective. A lot of times when we think narcissism is relationships, but you're talking in the family. Oh, yeah. So um, my dad um, would unfortunately beat my brother in front of me if I ever was like, you know, hey, stop bugging me or whatever my brother was doing or, you know, turn the music down or I complained in any way. Um, my dad would just go full force on my brother. And so that kept my brother angry at me mm. and kept me from ever wanting to be around him or anything like that, you know, just because I didn't want that to happen. And, um, you know, I, I suffered from sexual abuse at the hands of my father and I didn't know that my brother was also dealing with that. Wow. Yeah. And he had to keep us separate. Yeah. Because. Yeah, we'll put two and two together. Because if we got together, then it would be over for him. Wow. So, so it's only you and your sibling. Mm -hmm. You guys were pit together against each other. Let me, let me ask you this because. It's a very deep story. And I, I want to first say, you know, and I know this doesn't, some people say you shouldn't say this. Some people say it's okay to say this, but I just want to acknowledge, um, thank you for coming on and sharing your story and your strength. Thank you. And I, and I'm trying to get away from saying, I'm sorry that happened to you. Some people feel offended by it. Some people don't because I honestly, I, at this point in time, I feel very lucky that I am able to do something like this where I can speak on it and hopefully somebody out there is listening and can have something click for them, you know, or whatever. Uh, to be strong enough to be able to speak on something like this, it does take a lot of bravery. It does. Um, and not everybody's up to the task. So it is kind of, it kind of falls on our shoulders, the ones who can speak on it to do so. Yeah, to speak out because it makes other people, they understand because you, you pinpointed a few things. And this is where I want to pinpoint um, before I get a little bit off into uh, Shelly's story a little bit is that you said white family, 
West Bloomfield. Shout out to all our listeners across the country. But if you're from the Detroit, only in Detroit, if you're from the metro Detroit area, then you know that West Bloomfield is an affluent area. Yeah. Considered mm-hmm. ritzy. So on the outside, it's mom, dad daughter son which is ideal for the family one boy one girl exactly. west bloomfield money yep everything but it's a lot great. of narcissism in the home but yeah is that a part of the doors front? oh yeah it's um you know my mom's biggest worry was whether she was have gonna have the latest car to drive us to school in mm. um that was you know or if the mom in the car line looked at her rude she was like like those were her priorities though. That's what she managed her emotions for. Mm. But when it came to the physical abuse and uh, the emotional abuse, um, she just played right into it. It was like, she was part of, yeah. Keeping us, keeping Keeping us down. Let me, let me ask you this. Is your mother and father still together now? No. Okay. no. No. Are they still alive? Yes, okay. and my mother actually moved in with us this past summer. Okay, that's a that's another. We gonna go on to that <laughs> next. Um, Lisa, Lisa, good morning. A life coach, being a life coach, do you hear about narcissism and domestic violence within the family? That's not, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife. Is this something that is common? Yes, I'm a I'm a I'm a certified domestic violence advocate, and um. Throughout the community, they've changed it a, a lot to domestic abuse rather than domestic violence. It happens throughout the family. Right now, you have the kids beating the parents, the parents beating the uh, the, the the children. It goes throughout the family. And and I'm listening to to the story, West Bloomfield, those very affluent neighborhoods. We call those silent cries because those are the households, the communities, the families that many of us like from Dexter, from Joy, from the hood. We don't see that happening because we grow up looking like they have everything. You have everything, mm-hmm. but not understanding that, that narcissism, um, the emotional uh, turmoil and trauma, unaddressed trauma for generations carries on for so long and for so deep. Mm. So when I'm, I'm listening to the beautiful lady's story. I'm thinking like, wow, I wonder where did her mom's trauma begin? Wonder where did her dad's trauma begin? Wonder who didn't address their trauma and their pain. So mm, yes, I, I, I am always trying to explore that myself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And at some point in time, I have to re- re- remember that it's not my job to figure it out. It's not gonna. I'm, I'm never going to figure it out. So I'll never get that closure to be able to know why they act the way they do. And you know what? Hold that thought because at the end of the conversation, I do want to talk with uh, Lisa a little bit about closure because it's closure a fallacy. Um, but we also have Shelly T. So we yes. have um, Breezy who has had some family narcissism, which we'll talk about next what that led to later on for you. But Shelly, yes. you actually, you started in our first narcissism discussion talking about, you know, your... Um, more, you know, it was more of a uh, relationship. God damn it. You know, relationship <laughs> uh, narcissism. And can you touch a little bit on your story? I yes. know some people. Heard and I was going to st- say also, I wanted to add that, like, um, whether you are the narcissist or susceptible to being a narcissist enabler, 
it all starts in the home. So, you know, um, someone was abused somewhere down the line and they learned a way to cope with it. Yeah. And um, whether they started abusing people in their next relationship, you know, it's just a matter of time or of, uh, or therapy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I experienced a few narcissists or people with narcissist tendencies in relationships. Um, and the most uh, monumental one was one with the woman. And I know now that that relationship was because of some wounds that I had within with my mother dynamic relationship where growing up, I didn't feel um, like necessarily like a connection with my mom as far as like we would hang out and stuff. We had fun, but like she didn't ever like express emotion. So like, you know, we, you know that uh, like how people will say, your po- your parents apologize by saying let's go to the store mm-hmm. like oh yeah you know it was Definitely never like that. a verbal i love you or anything like that so when i did decide to start dating women it was like i got this all this love and attention and nurturing um from her which was like different i never had a nurturing relationship because with men they don't really nurture you the same and so experiencing that with the woman let me open but then also i started realizing that i became her enabler to abuse me Mm -hmm. as well because i would just let her come back you know and do and you feel like like lisa was saying that that is a direct because i think that and breezy and I, i love that you're sharing that because it took me getting older to realize that my father was a narcissist right and it's not till i get grown and i'm like yo no wonder my mama was bugging out because why would you do that you know as an adult you think back like damn okay it was 27 girls braid my hair every week you know what i mean i did my mama didn't know who was going to be watching me because you might have this woman. And and I love my dad. Daddy's girl. Um, my dad still was a great guy. And I think sometimes we take out the... We, we don't consider the fact that people can have good qualities and right. still be this narcissist. And we don't understand it's the difference between having some narcissist qualities, which we all have, right. and actually having the disorder or actually being um, consumed with it. And I felt like up until recently, every man that I dated or chose was a narcissist as a result of my attraction to narcissists Mm -hmm. because I was raised by one. Because the highs are so high. The high, the love bombing. That's what they call We learned that from the first episode. The love bombing is so intense. I had never experienced, well, I experienced, here's the thing. I did experience it with the man a couple of years prior to it. But like, you know, the thing about when you heal from stuff, I, it was almost like I forgot, you know, that I had dealt with like this love bombing and it always, it could come a, a different way. So you got to be, you know, more receptive to it. Like back in my younger days, I would be so excited when somebody stroked my ego and I could tell, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't differentiate differentiate the two between somebody genuinely liking me and them just trying to flatter me and stroke my yeah. ego. And it's like, 
I don't get off to somebody telling me every five seconds I look good. Yes, that is a requirement for you to like yeah. acknowledge my beauty and but it's me, over but like it. yeah, it's a thing you will notice it too after you get over that type of shit. You like no, nah, they trying to play with my play mind. With your mind or yeah. women don't understand when dating, especially women when dating, will tell will. We'll tell them everything that we yeah. like. And then when they start doing stuff we like, we'll be like, oh, my God, he's he loves what I love. She loves what I love. You can't tell no, them No, you nothing. already told them this shit. Yeah. So they know to bring a banana. And they don't mind love bombing, which is a, you got to listen. Go back and listen to Retired Hood Rat uh, episode about narcissism part one. Because that was my first time hearing the concept of love bombing, which is where they give you everything. So Breezy, because you know, you know, the source of your narcissism and abuse came from your father and your mother was just a bystander, I guess, or a, an accomplice or, you yeah. know, allowed it. Was there love bombing? Was it, you know, you get a yeah. lot of gifts based on the abuse or? Well, the interesting thing is that, you know, my dad is like a really likable guy. Everybody that knows him likes him. Most narcissists are. And yeah. He's extremely charming and you would never think this guy would ever do any of the things that he's done. Um, and so on the times that he wasn't in his, you know, the cycle of abuse is the love bomb and then walking on eggshells mm -hmm. and then the explosion and then the recovery and then back to the love bomb because you don't want them to forget what you have with them. So for me and my family, it was um, there would be a major blowout and then there would be maybe a, a week of some recovery where like everybody was just not really talking to each other and just kind of getting by. And then, you know, my dad would say, oh, let's go do something like let's go do this fun thing as a family, you know, and then we would go do the totally normal thing as a family. Mm -hmm. um, and abuse wasn't happening. And those were moments that I was like, wow, this is nice. This is what it's like to be a real kid. Um, and then, you know, same with my mom. It was, you know, she, uh, I can't tell you how many times my mom threatened to commit suicide, like, as a kid. And I can tell you that right after that, she would take me shopping, buy me, you know, something to... Mm to get me back to being okay yeah. and accepting of her emotional abuse. And, and, and I've seen that with narcissists with the threatening to commit suicide and do, and do um, self-harm. And um just want to stop and say, shout out to Cece, the Spartan, um, everybody on my TikTok. If you're not following me on there, comedian T Barb um, and love bombing just for people who are tuning in here and didn't hear the first show is where your maid or your narcissist or your offender they give you a lot of things. And most narcissists start with that. Lunch at your favorite place, gifts, money, time, whatever your love language is, they tap into it and they very heavy and aggressive on it. Yeah. And then they have the explosion or then it, it's a unstable after that. And then once it's unstable, they blow up and to get you back, they love bomb you. Yeah. Um, they, no, then they breadcrumb you. Oh yeah. Oh, and yeah. then they breadcrumb you. And so they give you a little sprinkle of it, but it's never quite as indulgent as the first love bomb. So it's like a drug. Well, yeah. And then it's a pity party as well. 
they, they, yeah. they have their own they have their own pity party like oh my god look what i did i didn't mean to do this right yeah so i was gonna ask you that um Lisa, so I know that you're, you know, certified in domestic violence. Do you see, is there a difference between uh, domestic violence and narcissism or is it something that's automatically built in? Well, look, let me say this. I was married to a narcissist. Um, look, look, at, look up the, the definition in the dictionary and there's his face smiling. Like she said, the, 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 the highs are so high, but the lows are so intentionally manipulative. And for me in my marriage, it seemed like uh, once I got in and it was like, damn, I didn't know this was the package deal. Um, he was, you know, everything had to be about him. But, you know, for me, he was different um, because I had dated nothing but drug dealers, hustlers, you know, everybody that I knew had been to prison or they were at Woodline Cemetery. So this guy had a, a, a stable job, a good job. He had been on his job. He, he did the honeymoon thing with me. And when he said, will you, before he could say Mary, I was like, hell yeah, you know, the ring is big. Hey, let's do this. And it wasn't until he worked for the railroad. And so he was on four days and off uh, three days. And it wasn't until he was laid off that I really started to see the manipulation. Mm -hmm. um, and he took me from a high that touched the sky to the ground, to the ground. And sometimes had me believing like, damn, you know, what did I do? Like, like, like Shelly said, like me trying to figure out what was his trauma, not understanding back then that it's not my job to figure out what your trauma was and what your mama did and what your daddy did to you. And I had to learn to let go and grow. Yeah. And so absolutely, I believe um, in, in, in my experience, for those abusers that I have met, yeah, they have a deep, deep level of, of narcissism implanted in their souls. And it's actually a mental health diagnosis. And, and you know, I, I see it throughout when I'm trying to, to help um, individuals who are coming out of their situation and I'm asking them things about the abuser and I see narcissism written all over that individual. And it's, 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 it's sad. I'm listening to all of you all stories and I'm like, damn, you know, not saying age, but I'm like, I'm probably like old enough to be like all of their mothers or something. And I feel my, all of y'all stories wrapped in one, mm -hmm. wrapped, wrapped, wrapped in one. <laughs> I think when it comes to the, once again, when it comes to that narcissism narrative, um, I just I was just curious to know because it seems like that goes hands in hand with domestic yeah. abuse and because um, and, and I love actually hearing the story of all cultures going through this because I think when you black for some reason we tend to just think it's just us it's mm -hmm. only our community even though when you look at the trauma we have deep rooted trauma from slavery this that's a whole nother story you know episode mm -hmm. to talk about that is so deeply rooted and ingrained but slavery um the effects of that don't just come only on the black side that no, comes right. from that slave owner mentality Absolutely. that comes from that whip your ass or like you say because back then the slave owner he was rich he was rich as fuck doing his thing today he would have been in the club popping bottles getting lit you know what i mean but he was ruthless yeah. and yeah. so that still translates to a lot of our Caucasian counterparts. I'm not saying yeah. everybody because well, if somebody going to be on here, but the truth is the truth. And I know in today's world- and that's misogyny and patriarchy. All and that is everything. That's, that's women as far as 
you know, and it's going to be a pain because some people think, well, it's, you know, it's freedom of body. And then some people say it's a whole is a whole. But if you look at the history of the world and, and Shelly T and I, and shout out to Shelly, be watching this. Uh, she did my hair. It's beautiful. Um, shout out to Shelly. We watched some stuff about the beginning of Jack Daniels, yeah. the beginning of the cigarette company. All of that shit comes from a ruthless and violent existence. And we have to remember our country really was started by those people from other countries. So yep. it's still, it runs deep. So let me ask you this. You said there was some um, sexual abuse within the family, Breezy. Was there ever any prosecution brought to that? And do you, did you ever try to seek some closure? Yeah. So um, when I was nine years old, I finally got the courage to tell my mom. Um, sorry, I'm probably going to cry a little bit. Oh, I'm going to try not to. But I finally got the courage to tell my mom. And she didn't want to tell anybody. She immediately said, you know what? We'll handle this as a family. And she, I remember her saying, we'll sweep it under the rug. And I'll never, like, forget that. Oof. Um, How old were you, if you don't mind nine. me? You were nine. I was nine. And so my dad would threaten me with my life if I told. And so I was a nine. And at that point in time, it, I think it was right after my dad had beat my mom up really bad. And then he went for a walk with my dog. And while he was on the walk with my dog, I was like, Mom, I got to tell you something. So I told her. And she didn't want to tell anybody, but she ended up calling um, a friend of hers who was a child psychiatrist or psychologist, and they, by law, have to report yeah. that. Yes. So the police came. They arrested my dad, and it went through an investigation, um, but nothing ever happened after that. He moved back in. Thankfully, the abuse stopped, but um, I, I didn't know about my brother at the time. And so, like, after finding out that my brother was also sexually abused, like, that really put a new perspective on my father as to him being just out there free in the world. Um, so I've done a lot of research as an adult trying to backtrack and figure out why it never was brought to trial, why it was only an investigation. And the sad part is most reported sexual abuse cases never go to trial well okay so here we go so you know i was a protective services worker oh. um and i adore protectors i know people like not another thing but for real so that's my background um and when i got out of college my mother was raised in foster care my mother was raised in foster care in the 50s and 60s so you can only think about how repressive it was she was in an abusive foster home which is why i went on to be a foster care worker went to college on the whim trust me i went on college to because i kept get jumped anyway that's a whole nother story <laughs> retired hood rest story right um so i go and um damn what was i saying oh wait, so i come out and i'm a cps worker first i did foster care which is where the kids are already in care cps we go out and investigate it is not as easy as people think to corroborate um, to corroborate certain abuse. So, for instance, the abusers know certain ways to penetrate or touch a child where it's not mm -hmm. detectable in an exam. So, if I don't penetrate you or use them in semen, but I use my finger, that may not be something that a doctor at an exam then they're going to interview you which they should have done a forensic yeah. interview on you which well, it seems like they didn't but when it's a white man and a white family let's just be honest the worker sometimes comes in with the prejudice that this isn't true to begin with yeah well the crazy part is my dad admitted to it 
in the police report. And okay. I have the police report. So, But he backtracked. He said he was fucked up. So, well, I actually remember being in a room with his attorneys or a group of adults telling me, hey, if you say that the abuse happened in Michigan also, because I had lived in Ohio and Illinois prior, um, then your dad's going to go to jail. Your brother and you are going to go to foster care. And the abuse that you're going to endure there is going to be way worse. And so you backtrack. And so I had to backtrack mm -hmm. and say the abuse didn't happen in Michigan. And 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 because of that. So they, that's it right there. And that's the case, what I mean. But, you have kids that backtrack. And then. We'll go out and investigate. And don't be wrong, I found a lot of cases, in most cases, in CPS are not true. Let's let's just be honest. There's a lot of bitter people call and say things. But in those cases, if the child backtracks the story, sometimes we have nothing. You know what I mean? And it's easy for people with a little bit of money, West Bloomfield attorneys, they go get private attorneys who set up these defenses that you know what I mean? The county and don't have the resources right. like that. Then they're already looking at this all American white family, just being honest with the perfect life. And we're so used to coming in at CPS and seeing dirty house, no lights, no gas, gotta take them out. That this is like, oh well, you know, which is sad. I'm not making any any um excuses for it, but I'm just saying things aren't always as easy to substantiate because with CPS, we really have to have an ironclad case. And if we don't think you're gonna hold up, now they're gonna sue us. You know what I mean? All those things happen. Um, did you let me ask you this, Shelly, yeah. real quick? Because I was gonna ask you, but I'll I'll wait to the end to talk about the closure piece. Um and don't forget, you're listening to the Retire Hood Rap Podcast. Make sure you go subscribe to our YouTube. Click like. And don't forget, I'm coming to your city on tour, the Live to Laugh tour, every first Wednesday of the month, Detroit. <laughs> you can catch me at the Detroit House of Comedy. Doors open at 730. It's every first Wednesday. So March 5th, April 5th. I mean, March 1st, April 5th. And every first Wednesday, whenever you're listening to this show, remember, I'll be at the Detroit House of Comedy and Live to Laugh Tour. Houston, I'm coming to your town April 20th to the Comedy Lounge. Tickets on sale now. April 16th, I'll be in Plano, Texas at the Plano House of Comedy and the shops at Legacy High End Mall. Come get the tickets now. April 14th. April 14th, Grand Rapids coming to Ambrosia Theater. Go get your tickets down. And April 17th, Metaverse Soap Stone Club in the Metaverse. I will be in the building. So go get your tickets. TBarbisfunny.com. And if you want to sponsor or advertise with me either on the tour or on this show, you can go to my website, TBarbisfunny.com, or leave me an email, tbarbisfunny.com entertainment that's tbarb entertainment at gmail.com we're sitting here with these ladies and we're talking narcissism both in families and in relationships um shelly t yeah. you said your narcissism happened um in a um same-sex relationship yes. with a woman yeah. abuser which is something and i love this show because at one point we're talking parents and then we still have the perspective of a woman because it's kind of said that this is men who are narcissists. And we have some comments even on TikTok saying, okay, are we talking about women too? 
At what point did you realize that the relationship was toxic and did you realize it as narcissism or just not being right? Um, it was, I really relate to music a lot of ways. And I remember listening to this song by uh, Bill Withers, Use Me. And I just was cool with it. And I remember it's like, this is crazy. Like, I remember thinking, like, I never related to this song at all. Like, I mean, of course, it was another generation. But, like, just to hear it, and I'm like, just use me to use me up. And it was like, this is the last. I'm up right now. Like, use me up. So, and that's crazy because it's almost like when you go to church or something, it seemed like the pastor always talking to you. It seemed like the song that's for yeah. you that you been getting to, but ain't never listened to the yeah. words. Now you're like, what you say, dirty bitch? Like, if it why? feels this good being used, because it felt so good at the be in the beginning. Yeah. And even now, like, you know, as somebody that's a recovering person, a person in recovery, like, ne you know, not using drugs anymore in that sense, I still smoke weed, but that's different. Um, it's like a drug, you because know, and you learn to live without it. It doesn't, you remember the good, good times and I look back and I'm, you know, it's cool, but it just don't give like, it ain't even worth all the heartbreak. Like, it ain't because worth. a synopsis of your story for people who didn't listen to the narcissist episode one, if you just want to give us a quick blurb so they can kind of catch up. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> long story short, I dated a girl who uh, came into my life when I was new to the city and um, she just did everything perfect, you know, was there doing it all, you know, having lots of sex. It was just, we was living the life, sending it up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Turning up. And it was just like a different dynamic that I ever experienced. It was like having a best friend and a lover. Um, but she ended up, she had some trifling ways about her and uh, she used the guise of being polyamorous um, as a way to use, be a hoe. And that's not cool. Like, you know, um, long story short, she she ended up fucking one of my close niggas, one of my favorite guys. And like getting with him. Didn't want me to date the guy no more. Like just a lot of weird stuff. Um, yeah, like just would get. Which led to some yeah. drug use, which led which to some led, arrest. Yes, and which all led that to me doing drugs with the guy again. And then I ended up going to jail. Yeah. Wah, 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 yeah. Wah. It was just like life. <laughs> you just, when you start seeing what life decision, one turn led to the next turn, like it was, hold on. It was even to the point. I remember when I would first started talking to her, I had a life coach, and she's also a, a psychic as well. And I was seeing another guy at the time, too. And she was like, don't get into anything with these people. Just have fun. And then, like, the next week, the girl was like, I want to be the only person, you, only girl you're talking to or whatever. And I'm like, okay. So you then, went and drunk the Kool-Aid, as yeah. they say. And it was just like, I remember thinking, like, I would have never made that decision to date her seriously. You know, it would have never been that big of a deal. Of, like, I mean, it still would have been a big of a deal of, like, just how she moved and everything. But it was just a lack of um, communication, a lot um, a lot of lying or like omitting the truth. Um, just different. Um, Lisa, 
Oh, did she click out? Okay, we got to get her back because I was going to ask her about some signs. So, uh, Breezy, you know, you had some narcissism in your family. And Shelly, you also talked about um, having some parental issues, which then led to these type of relationships. So, Breezy, did that affect you in your relationships? And oh, did you end up God, dating yes. a narcissist? Oh, my God. Well, I my first, like, love, um, looking back... I actually think I was the narcissist in the relationship mm. um, because I it, it was a similar thing when you meet that person and you feel that thing that you've never felt with anybody yeah. else and it feels so good and so special and you you don't want to lose it. Um, but I was young and didn't understand how to be in a healthy relationship. So when I would do unhealthy things like, um, you know, stretch the truth or uh, be controlling in some sort of way or whatever. Mm -hmm. It was because I didn't want to lose yeah. this love. Um, and it was, I mean, it was a nightmare, like looking back, but it was great because I learned so much from it. And I was able to look back and see like, oh, I was doing a lot of the techniques that, like, I was raised on. And I, you know what? I want to definitely congratulate you for that because the first, the first step of fixing an issue is to acknowledge that you have one. And that's one thing about breaking that curse because a narcissist is never going to admit that it's them. They're always going to make it seem like you. Lisa, I wanted to ask you this. Um, with being in domestic violence and seeing narcissism, what are some of the signs that people exhibit that characterize them as a narcissist or a potential abuser? So first of all, we got to realize the, the domestic violence is never about the violence. It's always about the power and control. And so some of the signs that you're definitely going to see that's going to show you that this person is not just an abuser, this person is also a narcissist. Everything has to be to please this person. Everything is about this person. Everything, but they make it seem like they really care about you. But I don't want you to see anybody. I love you so much. I don't want you to go anywhere else. Wherever you go, that person is probably going to be on your heels because you can't go to a club or go to an event and, and drift away and talk to somebody else. That person is going to be right on your heels. And if you say something and it leads to an argument, it's going to be like, oh, wow, why did you do this to me? So a lot of the characteristics of a person that's an abuser and person that's a narcissist at the same time is everything is about them. It's their, about their ability to control you and keep you under their wing. It's never about the violence. The violence generally happens when something ticks and you say this is not right and you get ready to leave. That's when generally the violence really begins to get even worse when that abuser thinks that you've kind of seen through there, they seen through them and you're getting ready to make a move. So because I think we hear this often, like what's the difference between someone um, being aggressive and liking you and wanting to be under you and just having that potential, you know what I mean? Because some people say, okay, well, they're paying me attention They're, you know, I'm just being nice. Is there a difference? Is there like something that really differentiates that? Because so, when you were saying some things and not to cut you up, I was like, damn, I got a couple homegirls like that. Shoot. You know, you can't so, take a damn picture. Bitch, back 
I couldn't do anything. Let me tell you, I um went to a picnic. My my nephew had a, a Father's Day picnic that we used to have all the time. And <clears throat> I went to a picnic and I knew everybody. Everybody was from my hood. He was from the east side, I'm from the west side. So I knew everybody that was at, at the picnic. And you know, guys from the neighborhood, they walk it up, they talking to me. It's like, hey, how you doing? I haven't seen you in a long time. My guy sister walked into me. She immediately said, I see it. And I said, you see what she said? This nigga eyes, like his eyes turned to the devil. He just turned into the devil. I knew at that point, I said, let me go on here and enjoy the little bit of time that I got at this picnic because I'm about to have to go home and fight for my life because it's obsessive. It's to the point where if it's, you can't say hi to anybody, you can't yeah. smile at anybody. I've seen people at Shane Park at the concert and they're looking straight ahead. And I'm like, damn, they in a fucked up relationship because she can't look to her left or her she right. She can't look a neck hurting. She can't, she she can't like look to left or the right. And he got her cuffed up, hooked up. She can't move. And so it gets to the point where it's uh, it's one thing for a person to want to love on you and, hey, baby, I like you being around. I like your presence and this. But it's another thing when you can't move Without that person either being right there on your heels, knowing where you at, or at one time when I finally left my abuser, I literally, me and my sister, like I, I, I was so mentally fucked up that I didn't even really realize I was being abused because I come from a tough exterior, tough neighborhood. Like the young lady said, my parents didn't give me that nurturing side. They provided everything. But, you know, and so when I had my kids, it was like, I'm the mama, I'm the daddy. I got to get out here and grind. I don't have time to sit and tell y'all I love y'all all the time. I got to get out here and grind. So I had that type of mentality. I didn't even realize I was really being abused. But when I finally left, he called me about, he called me, no, it wasn't about, because we counted 142 times. Mm. 142 times. On call 142, when I got through laughing, because I'm gone now, when I got through laughing, I could joke about, he said, bitch, I'm about to cancel Christmas for you. Mm. Because he had lost control. I was gone. And, and you see that often with abusers. Mm -hmm. So Breezy, since you since you were saying that you transfer over into that narcissist role, yeah. um, do you... What are some of the things that you felt like you were doing and how did you identify that and kind of break that? Yeah. Um, I remember one specific uh, event. So my ex-boyfriend, um, he was epileptic. And I remember saying something along the lines to him, like, your parents don't care about you enough to to have gotten you the right care when you were a kid or something along those lines basically gaslighting him into thinking that his parents don't care about him but i do mm -hmm. i care about him um and i you know like i said it wasn't until i had i was out of that relationship and i was able to dissect the situation and be able to take um you know to to take responsibility for you know, a lot, a lot of the, you know, bad, bad behavior, I guess, on my part. But I was able through that relationship to know what doesn't work in a relationship. Mm. Okay. So now I've, I've been with my husband for 12 years and we um, 
very much have, you know, a, I would say a pretty healthy relationship for married couple, normal married couple. Um, but I definitely look back on bad, um, you know, just, just how I was raised and how the normalcy of that mm -hmm. plays into any relationship in my life. Yeah. I mean, even if it's just a brand new person I'm meeting and I want to make sure that they like me because that's important to my survival. And I think that when you've been a victim of narcissism, because that's another thing that I fall prey to, just doing things to make people like you yeah. and not and doing it unconsciously, meaning that I'm a nice person. I'm going to go out my way. That's just who I am. I'll be picking up people's place. But to the point where it's like I might cook your whole family a feast and pay for this and, and not <laughs> understanding it subconsciously. I'm doing that like, hey, like me, look what I can do yeah. or mm -hmm. meeting people and giving your resume or saying what you can do to help or who you are. Like you're trying to prove your worthiness in this oh, situation. Gosh, so and hard. that comes from, you know, because like I said, I was raised by that, you know, and I think about my family history, you know, my grandmother on one side was in a mental health institution. My mother was in prison. My father was in prison. My grandmother on that side was also in prison at one point. She was a streetwalker. So you have that type of energy, you know, coming off. So, of course, my father was raised by a prostitute and his grandmother in the streets and, you know, so he had that propensity as a as a survivor as a street guy as a you know that whole per persona which is something that i picked up so in order to please him hell no i won't go out with my friends i stay here with you i yeah i'll rub it back till you go to sleep it's just certain things that i'm a daddy's girl you know and it was to the point where they both had the same afflictions but i wouldn't have never known on my daddy's side because he made my mother just seem so bad which my mother had her issues but it wasn't his job to make her seem as bad, like you said, almost creating that divide between me and her, mm -hmm. where I didn't idolize her the way I idolized him, mm -hmm. but I didn't idolize her in no way. And that was a construct that he set up. And so I find myself overly pleasing, overly chasing when I don't have to do that, I can just stand on my greatness. So there are major effects, even if you don't become the narcissist. Mm -hmm. Um, that you have from that. Do you see any effects you feel like, Shelly, from, from your yeah. bout? So I, I uh, have taken on the label as a recovering people pleaser. Nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so right. I don't, I try not to, you know, lean into that people pleasing role that I've grown up into because I was around narcissists or people who had narcissistic tendencies growing up. I always was on like trying to be, you know, like, how can I be the one that's not fucking up, you know? Yeah. And so now, even like in my, with my relationship with my dad, my dad was in the military. So I lived with my mom and I was not around. I see my dad, you know, holidays or whatever. And because my, the way my dad was in the military, that like, he was like very stern with me and stuff. And it wasn't a lot of affection there either. So it was like, I just, just accepted you that, that yeah, I wanted a hug, yeah, and I accepted men that were um not affectionate, like in that show they love in other ways, but I knew that I always wanted that love, so that's why it all it hit harder when I ended up with 
dating that girl because it was like that first like love love because with guys like I feel like they have shown me love in the past and may have really loved me but it was never like unconditional in a sense i know what you're saying and and two and men just tend not to be as nurturing with the yeah. rubbing with the yeah. hey baby the those yeah. things so so let me ask you this oh but i have time. gotten bam- bamboozled with some shit like that too like for example um i was seeing a guy and we you know had made it plain that it was like you know we were just seeing each other but they had also told me they didn't want a relationship but now looking back, I noticed that they had did things to make me comfortable with being, you know, just fucking around or whatever. Like the first time I came over there, they had I stayed a night. They made me breakfast in bed. So I'm like, bitch, I'm texting my friends like, oh shit, there's some, you know, they pulling right. out the tricks right, or whatever, right, right, you know, right. the breakfast tray. <laughs> yeah, like that or whatever. But they end up, you know, just starting doing those type of things just to make me comfortable with getting less than what I really should have been getting. Yeah, and and it and it happens. Um, yeah, it happens that yeah. way. That that keeps you on the hook. Let me ask you this, uh, Lisa: Is there closure? Is there a such thing as closure when it comes to um, leaving a narcissist or in a domestic violence situation? There is closure. There is closure, but I think that what we have to realize is closure may not always. Um, involve that person Mm -hmm. um closure has to be within your heart and like you said at the beginning of this session you being willing and able and ready to let go and grow you know for me i thought was closure like i gotta see you motherfucker i gotta be in your face i gotta be able to tell you how you hurt me where you hurt me where it bled and what you did but that's not what closure um is closure is about yourself and you being being willing and able to open up your heart to love, open up your heart to change, open up your heart to understanding that you deserve better and you could go out and get better. And it's time to grow. And I even had to tell my kids with that, with some 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 shit that I had lacked on with them during my bad relationships. I had to, you know, seek closure with my now adult children. But what I had to tell them is I'm giving y'all one day to gut punch me. Come with everything you got that I didn't do and that you didn't get from me. And, and I'm going to be accountable. I'm going to apologize. I'm going to find ways to make it up to you. But after today, damn it, nobody gets to continue to hold me an emotional hostage to my past. And that was my closure. That's amazing. Very I like powerful. That. I really do like that because it's almost like in a relationship, if somebody does something, you got to talk about it and let it go. Yeah. The people who keep bringing it up because it's like having a sore and letting it heal with the scab and you pick it off every time. Let's let's power those through this um, in a way for you, Breezy, especially, you know, because you can't change your parents. You still want to be there for them. Was there a such thing as closure? Um, There is there has been closure because. I have been able to, you know, re-explore the investigation as an adult, um, get some, I guess, closure with that. And I have been able to, uh, I'm a mother of two, and that's the best blessing ever in my life. And I'm able to be a really great mom because of having dealt with not having good parents. So, um for that, I'm grateful. And I feel like 
there's you know dealing with your family like it always starts in the family like you said um it's like you can go back to that for all the lessons that you will have in your life they can all be drawn back to um you know how you were treated as a child the dynamic of your parents and your family and your siblings um you know whether it's you're you know you're an adult and it's your workplace or your romantic relationships or your friend relationships um yeah a lot of it can go back you can see it just right there like looking at a museum this is what my life was like these were the bad toxic behaviors and you can either choose to witness them in others when they present themselves or you can be i guess you know ignorance is bliss sometimes so um Ignorance is bliss. Oh God, why did I find it out? Shelly T, with you, um, closure, yes or no? Um, so with my particular situation, I don't feel I feel like I have gotten closure with it because every time I try to have some kind of reconciliation with it, because it I feel like it's different um with, you know, just the normal heterosexual relationships, you know, usually part ways and you don't really talk again. But with her, it was like, you know, well, we at least be friends. But then when she started, you know, every time I'm trying to heal from this shit, you keep cutting me, bitch. Like, slice. Yeah, like, people are who they are. Yeah. Yeah. And I just was like expecting like my absence to make maybe speak for you know up for me and then it would speak up for me in the sense of like enough to her to be like okay i'm good for two weeks then <laughs> <laughs> i'm back yeah you thought some absence makes the heart grow fonder yeah, you was like ah, i got you bitch <laughs> got you right back Come don't here, keep inviting don't keep inviting that pain back yeah yeah, don't man. don't i think that that is um something that we do and i think that that um Everybody kind of spoke to what you said, Lisa, which is in closure is within you. And sometimes yeah. we want to keep having these conversations because you want the person to say what you want them to say, but they're not going to say that. Okay. You want them to be like, you know what? I was an asshole. I love you so they're much. <laughs> the good parts of me. I'm not going to be this asshole anymore. Sorry. Bow. The, here comes the chariot and there's the sunset right there. And that shit ain't going to happen. Um, like that, Lisa. If there's something that you can leave our audience or our guests with, um, regarding domestic violence, being strong and breaking those chains of narcissism, what is it? My message is always follow you too and find you. My message is always learn to love yourself before you trying to love anybody else. That was my biggest mistake. I tried to love everybody else before I learned to love Lisa. Learn to love yourself first. If you want to find me, you want to talk to me, you need some help, anything, call me. 313-740-1761. Purple Girls Rock. Purple Girls. And we will put the information um, for everybody on our YouTube. That's why I go to YouTube Comedian T-Barb. I'll make sure I drop um, some information on each of the guests and how you can contact them. Um, Shelly T., if you can leave, you know, getting out these situations, moving forward with your life, and how can they um, keep in contact with you? Um, so I would say the biggest thing, and this is like, I would say it's kind of simple, but get you something to do. Get you some hobbies. 
find something mm-hmm. to occupy your mind outside of the shit you've been doing. You know, because <laughs> like that. that is insanity <laughs> to keep going to the same place and seeing the same people hoping shit gonna change. <laughs> it's not. You gotta find you some new shit to do. You say a change gonna come. <laughs> not, not, not today. Not today if you keep hanging out in the same corners. Think you gonna grow. You're not. So I would say just find some new activities. You know, I would say one of the biggest things that have helped me is to tap into my inner child and go back and, and enjoy things that I enjoyed when I was younger. Um, really enjoy riding bikes. I enjoy going by the water. And you, I really enjoy being at Belle Isle. I just really enjoy being a kid. Like, and you know, in this world where we gotta be an adult all the time and um, I like coloring, you know, stuff like that, that just not on this phone, you know, because this is a lot of reminders of bullshit too, you know? That's awesome. I need to color. Coloring actually activates the left side of your brain. It's very therapeutic. You know, I love concerts. I love, I like like you said, Lisa, just getting back to loving me, like, makes me a better person for others. So, like, I had to work on me. Because really, you are the shit. Once you know that, like, yeah, that deal. (laughs) And you won't let nobody just slide in because, like, my peace of mind by myself is so dope. Like, that space that I've created for me is so cool and so peaceful that I can't let you just come over here and fuck up off some. (laughs) And you control it. Yeah, and I control it. This is all in my degree of control, my what I can control. So, why would I, you know, I got a million and thing, one things I could be working on too. Like, so that's another thing too. I like. I feel like a lot of people who just want to just be on autopilot, you know. As far as like they go to work, they go go home, they have sex, they you know eat. Like you know, it get it's easy. Those are the easy things to do. But to step outside of that and go and do things and pursue your dreams and pursue happiness, it's a little more challenging. So you know. But that's what the, that's what we live for. That's what is that's what gives life life meaning. You know, love. How can they keep in contact with you? Shelly? Y'all can follow me on all platforms at Shelly with the Fade. That's S H E L L Y W I T D A F A D E. I know I ain't got no fade, but you can catch one. Um, no, uh, I don't fight anymore. And Aqua Moon on SoundCloud because I do have music as well. Yes, and I got plenty of shows coming up. Follow me on Instagram. See that? Come check me out. I do stand up as well. Yes. Yeah. Follow me. Shelly T, follow her. And Breezy Gonzalez, going through um, all that you went through, what is some advice you can give to people trying to break that cycle and how can they keep up with you as well? Um, I would say that you are worth the trouble of getting out of that bad situation. Mm. Um, The big part of narcissism is that they make you think that you will never survive without them. And to be able to have faith and get over that hump, um, you have no idea what life has in store for you to Mm. break that cycle. Um, And, you know, just to touch on what you said about, you know, getting a hobby. I feel like when you break out of a relationship like that, 
it is so transformative that you have no other option than to put it to something creative Thanks. or do something that's going to enrich you as an individual. Um, and that's, yeah, that's why we're here. It's to be ourselves and to be strong within ourselves and, um, you know, break, break bad cycles of history. I'm living my best life. Like, no, how, <laughs> how can they follow you? Oh, um, I'm on TikTok. You can follow me at velour underscore round. That's V E L O U R round. <laughs> Valor around. Oh my God, ladies, this has been a great conversation. Of it course, really I'm has. your host, comedian T Barb. Don't forget every Monday at 9 a.m. YouTube, meet us live Mondays at 9 a.m. And every Thursday, Apple Podcasts, go download Retire Hood Rat Podcast. Keep up with us because all of our episodes are downloaded to all platforms Google Play, Apple Music, Spotify every Thursday. So you can catch all of our episodes. Don't forget, next week we're probably talking gossip, I think, um, because every once in a while we got to come back and talk about all this stuff. But I really want to talk global warming. Is it real? Is it not real? What is going on with the damn earth? If you're from Detroit like we are, it, we had a day where it snowed all morning and by the afternoon it was 50 degrees. We was barbecuing. And the same <laughs> day fireplace was on, barbecue pit was lit. So we need to talk about what this means for us. Um, eggs, $27 for two. I mean, we got to talk about it. Um, and make sure you follow me on all platforms. TikTok, I am T Bar, I went wrong. Instagram. Hold on. Do, 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 do. Instagram, I am T Barb, TikTok, comedian T Barb. And don't forget, Live to Laugh Tour. So, Houston, Dallas, Plano, Metaverse, Grand Rapids, Detroit. If you want tickets, T Barb is funny.com. And don't forget, March 1st, April 5th, come see me at the Detroit House of Comedy inside of Hockey Town. And I'm in the Metaverse every Thursday and the Ladies of Comedy Museum inside of Horizon World. So if you have an Oculus, meet me there every Thursday. Make sure you follow these ladies. Break the cycle, okay? If you want to grow, let it go. Thank you, ladies, so much. That wraps up this episode, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.